welcome back to another episode of Seriously a Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how relationships can impact mental health, like your mental health. Right. So um, before we start, we have um, a Patreon. So do follow us there if you want to see more content and um, you know kind of be included in what we we post and stuff like that. And also follow our Instagram and and TikTok at Seriously Official. Yeah, we're not boomers anymore, kids. What? Go closer. <laughs> what? We have a TikTok now. Okay, okay. So, um, I'm Simran. I'm Liz. I'm Rain. And we have. And Heiko here. Again. 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 Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I'm Possible Services. I'm Possible Psychological Services. So, we did an episode on how mental health impacts relationships. Um, we're going to turn the tables now. Yeah, mm-hmm. go check that out if you're interested. But now, yes, we're going to turn the tables. So, um, Heiko, what are some of like the most common issues that arise from relationships that can affect mental health? Well, most common issues, I would say, uh, well, it's, it's a bit general, but probably be poor communication, right? Uh, poor communication leading to mistrust, infidelity, and uh, many other, uh, well, arguments and so on. So I think one would be, uh, apart from uh, miscommunication, I think the other one would be uh, extreme reliance or lack of reliance, meaning that you either ex- expect a lot of attention from your partner or maybe you are not giving the attention and your partner doesn't, you know, like, hey, why are you ignoring me? Yeah, so I think that's the two main issues. Yep. Okay, how about like, um, maybe some like, like let's say if you are like in an abusive relationship, like a manipulative relationship, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then those are those like some situations where like are that like maybe those are like the more extreme situations. Yeah. Yes, correct, correct. So that would be pretty extreme. Uh, when you have like abusive relationships, you are uh, kind of like threatening. You are being manipulative. You are kind of uh, you know to the point of like checking on your partner's phone. You are even putting PIs to follow your partner. So um, that would be on the extreme end. But I would say that do happen from time to time as well. Okay, so mm. um, before we like get into like the nitty gritty stuff, we want to just like switch it up a bit and talk mm. maybe firstly about the positive stuff. So like, you know, a lot of people say that like, you know, relationships can impact mental health and then they take it negatively. Mm-hmm. But actually it can be a positive thing also, right? So like, what are some of the things that like being in a relationship can help to like improve mm-hmm. in terms of mental health wise? Well, I think if you find yourself in a good relationship, a healthy relationship, that's magic, right? There's a lot of things that you can uh, gain, right? You get your freedom, you have like, self-acceptance, you begin to see the bet your, you know, you can kind of like reach your capacity. Uh, you may find yourself being in a relationship where you can be yourself, right? Have fun, have that support. Um, you will find someone who will be able to do the things that you like, right? Let's say if you like to, um, I don't know, like cook, right? Then you enjoy like cooking for that person, doing things for them. Your life will have a purpose, there's value. I mean, I, I think the, the, the opportunities or the possibilities are endless if you find yourself in a good relationship. Okay, so I guess, again, like the three of us, maybe we can like just share some personal experiences first. So like, I'll start. So like for me, I noticed that from being in a relationship, because the girls are asking about it the other day, like how my partner has helped me deal with anxiety or like depressive states. So I was saying that like, um, he helps me by like encouraging me. But like, they were asking how does he do it in like a non 
pushy, naggy way. And I said that like, I don't know if it works for other people, but for me, I realised that like, how he helps me is by helping me to realise that maybe what's in front of me is not so scary. And to help me to break down that fear. Like, for example, I'm learning driving now, right? So he will ask me, what part of driving scares you that's causing you that anxiety? Then I'll say like, oh, I'm scared that like other people will hit me or that like, you know, I won't break in time. Some shit like that, lah. like the, the typical things that people will be scared of or like, I'm not good enough. Then he will like just slowly tell me like you know like the next lesson you have you like tell your instructor what's like causing you that fear you know he's there to actually prevent these things he's there to like help you it's actually okay that you're scared of these things now because you're learning like you're not supposed to be a pro immediately and I realized like from him trying to like help me to break down my thoughts and like trying to slowly help me to battle like that source mm-hmm. it helped. So like that was one of the things I was telling them like I'm less scared of driving now like a lot less scared because I'm taking it step by step and a lot of it he helped with a lot of it like yeah. he helped with a lot of my anxiety with that and like with my depressive states he has been someone who has like tried his best to be there for me you know, even though it's not very easy all the time but he's someone who's like um trying to understand why I cry so much or like why I'm a very emotional person and he's mm. not faulting me for that and he's trying to just be there for me and understand that there will be different phases in my life. Like last year, I was very happy. But now that I'm starting uni, my mental health is a bit mm-hmm. more imbalanced because it's a new change in my life and I'm dealing with it. So he's more understanding of like how different phases of my life affect my emotions and he doesn't like um, invalidate them. Right, right. So that's me. Mm. So, Rain. Um, I think, okay, just in general, I think my partner is quite encouraging um when i don't know i feel like i tend to turn to him for a lot of support that i support that i cannot get from my parents does that make sense yeah mm. i tend to turn to him for a lot of for a lot of those kind of issues or advice that i feel like if i were to ask my parents about would just not go as a good conversation you know so and he's very he's very encouraging about that he how do I put this? Okay, so for example, um, during during my intern, actually before my intern, when we were applying to um, our our when we were applying for our jobs, there was a uh, a risk that I was like, hmm, maybe should I just try for this because this is completely out of my field, this is completely out of what we're studying, but I really wanted to try out. So um, I wanted to jump to advertising instead of journalism. And I had not had any experience in it. And he was like, okay, you know what? If you don't try, you're just going to regret it. And I had to change my resume and my, uh, what's the other thing? Portfolio to suit to suit that company in an hour. And we were having class during that one hour. <laughs> so I was like stressing out over it and trying to do it during class. And I, I feel like I always can depend on him to help me with, all these things, not just emotionally, but also, like, actually do something about it. <laughs> yeah, like, he will help me, like, proofread my portfolio and, like, assure me about all these things. Even now, in uni, I was freaking out over my marketing paper that day. And I, was, like, he, I just sent it to him and was like, okay, this is good, this is great. Just, it's okay. <laughs> Don't be so scared. Yeah. 
Mm. I mean, sounds like I mean the examples they gave. Did your boyfriend offered like a, a healthy sounding board? They understood your you know your fears and so on. I mean, if, imagine if your boyfriend just goes like, "Oh, why are you so scared? Right, just just do it lah. Just apply, right? I mean, if you don't try, then you never know. But then you know, just starts like pushing you, mm. right? It'll be a totally different yeah. effect on your mental health. Yeah, I'll feel even more scared to mm. go for it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's how important like the the role of your partner is right there is there is going to be some uh, I, I i say like triggers right towards positive emotions or negative emotions right so that plays a part so plus 10 points to both your boyfriends yeah. <laughs> i mean it's not always easy lah obviously mm-hmm. like we cannot glorify our relationships but mm-hmm. it's it's a process mm-hmm. yeah to get there i think it takes the Not like right person, like right in air quotes, because you can find a lot of people that will be there for you. You just have to not rush into a relationship sometimes. Yes. Take mm. it slow. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because uh, before I got into a relationship, um, I was going through some issues. I think I was very scared to tell him. And yeah, I was very scared to to say like, oh my god, you know, like do you, do you actually want to date me? Because Um, you know, I go through like certain things, and I don't know whether uh you'll be able to understand whether you will want to be here because it's not easy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, he helped me through a lot of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, just just to highlight what from what you said, right? I mean, every one of us go into a relationship with our strengths and our flaws, right? There isn't anyone that doesn't have any flaws, mm. right? Uh, we mentioned in the last episode. Everyone have their own like baggages, and even in terms of their their emotional capabilities or whatever lah. Right, there will be flaws, and being in a relationship is partly about dealing with. I mean, accepting your partner for who he or she is, right? And and that's really important as well. I guess if we're talking about stuff that we like like about our partners, I'm not really like actively. I'm like talking to someone, so I'm not like we're not a thing. But I I do, I think something that I I've learned is that I do appreciate being able to open up, because I'm 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 a very open person, but at the same time it it kind of like gives me a bit. I mean the girls know this. I I don't like like feeling like I'm a burden on somebody, mm-hmm. whether it be on my negatives or even my positives, because I gush about very odd things sometimes, and I'm always worried that I'm being a bit irritating with my problems, and I think something that has been. I've been very lucky about is that me and him started off as very good friends, and because we're still at a like talking stage, I've been able to kind of like wean him into the weird shit and just see how he reacts, and he's been reacting very well, and I I like that. Actually, Heiko, how about you? Let's take you out of the third person psychologist point mm-hmm. of view, mm-hmm. throw you into the share your experience with us. <laughs> uh, what wh- what do you want to what do you want to know from me? Have you have you ever had a relationship that you know? Made you grow and prosper as a person. Well, I think all I mean I I've been in relationships. Uh, I'm 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 in, I'm I'm married right now. So uh, I think every relationship has uh, some lessons for me to learn, and uh, there's some growth that I would have uh, in each and every relationship. Uh, you know, there are some uh, exes who. 
I would throw them into the river if I see them probably <laughs> uh, right now. But like, like I said, for, for example, like my wife, um, like she's really supportive. Uh, I, I was before this podcast, I was talking about how uh, I, I started my own private practice. And, you know, I kind of like started from scratch and I was telling her that, well, you know, uh, I have this dream, right? I want to start my, I've always wanted to start my own practice, but then because some things weren't really working out for me, so I guess uh, I'm going to like jump shoot, jump, jump, jump start my, my plans to do my own pra- practice. I thought I would just want to gain more experience, work for more people, but I felt that at that point of time, nah, it's just not working out, working for other people, partly because I have my own ideas. So I was telling my, my wife that right, I want to start my own practice and she's like, well, go ahead lah. Right? And I'm like, you sure? Right? Uh, because this will mean there'll be financial instability. And so then she was telling me that, well, you know, you do realize that I don't depend on you to, to survive, right? I, I, not like, so you don't have to support me. I can survive. And I'm like, okay. Right? I had that worry that, ooh, what, what if she doesn't want me uh, if I don't have this financial stability? And so, I mean, we're talking about that, um, the, the baggages they have because I have people leaving me in the past when I was just like poor student because I didn't have money like no I'll just go for some other guys uh, but my wife says that alright just uh, go ahead and do it so that gave me that, that safety the ability to explore and go ahead and achieve what I want to do that's so cute <laughs> it's really cute <laughs> I think that's like basically like what we were trying to sum up is that like like that if you're in a very healthy relationship that loving supportive environment kind of does sort of come naturally like that person will naturally accept you and support you mm-hmm. help you to grow and you will help them to grow and like you guys will encourage each other without like being pushy like without forcing each other mm-hmm. and like you know like like uh, Haikal mentioned to us previously like sometimes your worldview can change about those because of that person like if you are someone who grew up hating men then like if you date someone who's really like a great guy then that can change like your perspective mm-hmm. of yeah. men agree agree because uh, back to my example just now I mean I grew up in a family where my dad was like the sole breadwinner for a huge part of my life right and I said that there are, I've dated girls who wanted like a guy who has this financial stability to buy her the things that she wants and all that and when I met my wife that hey you know she's not like that kind of person right so wow, actually not all women are reliant on men, uh, you know, for financial stability. No, not all women are like gold diggers. Okay, maybe gold diggers is too strong, <laughs> right? But, but yeah, you know, sometimes people have this worldview that, oh, you know, men cannot be trusted, mm. women are gold diggers and so on. And if you meet the right one or the person who is able to kind of uh, de- debunk these ideas or worldview that they have, it will change your perspective and it allows you to be vulnerable and safe in that relationship. I- I think it takes time though, like, especially with like some other stuff where like, say for example, you've been hurt in the past, it takes you a lot of time and like patience to like change your perspective, I feel. For sure, for sure. So like, you know, in order to to have these happy and healthy relationships, right, there first must be boundaries and healthy boundaries that you need to mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. with, with the person you're in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So how do you create that and then carry and and then follow through it to respect it. Right. So so having that healthy boundaries again, it goes back to having that healthy relationship with yourself. Right. The the reason why, for example, like me and my wife, we were able to do this because I have this 
uh, healthy relationship with myself to be honest with my partner my wife has this healthy relationship with herself to say that well I don't really need you to support me financially right maybe don't do it for too long but right I, that, there's that healthy relationship and then you will be able to kind of create that boundaries because you do not rely or you expect the other person to meet your needs right but um, when you're when, when boundaries get crossed Right, you will feel this like discomfort, like why is this person expecting too much of me? There's there'll be this feeling of like pressure on you to kind of deliver more than your your role or deliver more than you can do. Uh, that will create discomfort, and that that's bound to happen. Right, that's when communication plays a part. Right, understanding with your partner is really important here as well. So just and so I mean, um, you mentioned understanding, mm. right? So what else? You know, besides understanding, is there any way, you know, we can go further to try to empathize, try to listen more with our partners? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Again, it goes, it's, it's about understanding their concerns, right? So if, let's say, uh, you know, your, your partner says like, oh, no, Rain, why you, why, what, what time are you coming back? Why are you coming back so late, right? So to you, if, let's say, you have this health un, an unhealthy boundary, if you feel that, oh, that men, men are, they are just trying to control me, then you will kind of react negatively but if you see it from his perspective so a bit of empathy here you put yourself in his shoes you know try to communicate understand like you know why is it that why 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 is it important for you to know right or whatever right then you give him that safety to to understand uh to 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 share with you his concerns or whatever that he's worried about um then there'll be this better dynamics between both you and your partner as well I think cause like um, sometimes um, with boundaries right like if it's like let's say like the more extreme cases where like um, someone crosses like your emotional boundaries by like like calling you like der- derogatory terms or like you know you tell them that you're not ready for something sexually and then they try to like pressure you mm-hmm. like those kind of situations can in turn harm your mental health because you feel like you're not being respected right mm-hmm. so like in those scenarios Again, like, we always hear that, you know, you should just break up with someone who's not respecting your boundaries. Mm-hmm. But, like, is there, like, an alternative solution to that? Like, mm-hmm. for, like, let's say it keeps repeating over and over again. Right. And, like, you have tried that understanding. You have tried to, like, explain mm-hmm. and, like, understand why they're reacting this way. And, like, you have tried, but, like, they just keep doing it over and over again. Right. So, so w- w- well, uh, if you have done everything that you can, I think the the... Uh, way to communicate here if let's say someone is not respecting your boundaries would be like being assertive right meaning well when we think about assertiveness people uh, think of that's like being aggressive like banging the table and then like shouting that the person well that's not assertiveness assertiveness is uh, you being respectful and still at the same time delivering the message that you want okay so with with if let's say you have done all you can and you feel that um, you have already um, said whatever it is that you can, uh, but then the pattern repeat itself. I think one, uh, assertiveness is very important. So when more people think about assertiveness, they think that, well, that's you throwing things, banging the tables. Uh, I would say that's being aggressive, not assertive. Assertive is still communicating in a respectful way, right? You want to uh, facilitate a two-way communication as well. And if, let's say, still doesn't work, uh, I would say kind of um, establish some boundaries, meaning that, well, you know, I, you 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 can't expect me, for example. You can't expect me to be calling, uh, picking up your calls every time you ask me. You you make make a call to me, or you can't expect me to go to your house every time you ask me to come to your house, right? Have, establishing your own boundaries. Yes, you want it, but no, it's not possible, 
right? I mean, of course, it'd be great if you do it. I mean, it'd be great if all of you like maybe transfer some money to me, you know, and, but then you'd be like, no, you can't do that, right? So that's you establishing your boundaries. And uh, if, again, that doesn't work, the person overreacts and really it's not working out, then uh, it may be a possibility, right, to end the relationship if, you know, that person is really over-reliant on you. Okay. Hmm. I think that's a like pretty good explanation. Um, we also did an episode on boundaries, by the way. So if y'all get, you can go check it out because we went like super in depth on like mm. the different kinds of boundaries. Okay. It's called no no squares. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So um, moving on. Um, so we want to talk about how some people they don't actually like know what mental health issues are. They don't believe it exists. Maybe sometimes, mm-hmm. like example. It's not uncommon to hear people think that depression is just sadness yeah. that you can get over like that, like yeah. with a snap of a finger and you can just wake up and like it's not uncommon to hear terms like, oh, you're depressed, just don't feel depressed or just feel happy the next day. Mm-hmm. Like just go out and do something fun. It will cure you. Right. Or like if you are anxious and you're having a panic attack and then people just tell you like, what, don't feel scared, like just breathe, just don't cry, that kind of stuff. So like, how do you like, if you're dating someone who happens to be like that, right? Like, what is the way to go about like, trying to educate them about it without making them feel like, you are like, kind of like being too forward about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Educating but not like pushing it. Right, right. So I, I would say in, in this conversation, it's very important for you to uh, share your your, the difficulties that you, you are experiencing and difficulties not uh, just uh, very vague kind so it's not like I feel very sad no it'll be you know when I wake up I don't feel like doing anything I just feel like a complete loser right and it's really hard for me to uh, for example uh, if you have panic attacks right it's really very hard for me to go to work in a crowded train right and I know logically it's not possible but I mean, logically, there's nothing wrong with taking a, a, a public transport, but I, I have this like immense fear, right, of what... It, so, you, so just, you, you have to share with them your experiences, right? Share your emotional experiences and the struggle that you go through instead of saying that, well, you know what, I'm suffering from depression or I think I'm, I'm having depression. The, the, the difficult thing is because people... I mean, the, the use of like mental health term is very used... is used very loosely right now. So when people are upset, they just say that, oh no, I'm depressed. And then so your partner may not actually see it as very uh, significant or no, this person is a bit organized or this person has OCD. But OCD is not like just being being organized, right? Depressed is not just being upset over some small matter. So share with them the difficulties that uh, you may face when you are going through these mental health issues. Yeah. So, Realistically, like, if you do share that, you, if you have a healthy partner, that partner should be someone who's not resistant to you sharing and should not, like, be someone who still continues to demean your situation, right? At the very least, uh, if your, your partner has a healthy relationship with you, at the very least, they should be concerned about you. Okay. Right? So, I mean... You know, whatever illness, like even if you have a physical illness or whatever, so I'm struggling with this, I got this and all that. I mean, they should be showing some concern, right? Uh, if they push it off, well, you can, um, you can, you can attribute it to them not knowing. Maybe they need a bit more education. Um, but at the very least, I think they need to have this empathy towards yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, let's say like you're in a relationship now, right? And like. 
your you notice that like your mental health has been starting to affect your partner's mental health mm-hmm. maybe because like you guys are like navigating it the right way like if you're fighting you're both yelling at each other and no one's actually like trying to listen and empathize so like then in those kind of situations like uh, what should a person who feels like they are affecting their partner mm-hmm. um, do to navigate that situation? Right. Based on what you say, uh, there's actually a difference. I, I want to, 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 to kind of like tweeze it aside uh, more. There is the relationship issues, right? Meaning what's going on in the relationship. So back to what I mentioned just now, lack of trust, poor, rela- uh, poor communication and so on. And then, then you have these individual issues as well right individual issues you're stubborn you don't like to lose you must uh, you know get your point across or you don't want to uh, you don't trust other people's perspective and so on so uh, when when there's arguments nothing just spiral uh, you have to also consider whether is this like a relationship issue or is it your own issue sometimes it could be just your own issue no just uh, to I, I, like for example, I have people who come in for relationship issues, but then it's just one person's issue. For example, uh, say the partner is very driven, like I want to do well in school, I want my business to prosper, right? Relationships come in second, right? Because, uh, you know, relationships can come later. I just want, succeeding is number one, right? So that is the own individual issue, not a relationship issue. So, uh, identifying whether is it a relationship issue or an individual issue. If it's a relationship issue, then uh, how does this... Re- so, that's when you can uh, share, right? This is how I feel when you experience, when, when you do this, right? When you do this, this is why I react this way, right? But if it's an individual issue, then back to the healthy relationship that you have with yourself plays a r- huge part. Uh, you know, correcting this belief, this worldview, the mistrust, and so on. Okay, then mm. if we're talking about like, let's say, because that will be like the individual and then the relationship issues, right? Then if we're talking about, let's say, um, underlying mental health issues, mm. like, um, again, like we did discuss this in a previous episode, but um, let's say you're dating someone, you're both started off happy and one of you falls into depression. Mm-hmm. So like, then you notice that like, um, your partner's like depressive states and like them being like, you know like sometimes when someone's depressed they might not want to go out anymore then you notice that you are being affected mm-hmm. by your partner then how do you like communicate that to your partner without offending them mm, okay so again your co- you have to communicate you being being concerned uh, what's, what's the concerns that you have about this person the, the highlight the difference between how they were last time when you get to know them or when they were he- happier healthier and how they are now and, you know, you cannot kind of like probe them and say that, well, you know, last time I, I remember you were this, you were that, you're more driven. I'm, I'm wondering what happened since then, right? And I wonder whether you would like to get back to that. And, you know, as you proceed with this conversation, you can also explore what role does this person want you to play, right? Ideally, the person would say, you know, I want you to like be my sounding voice I want you to support me be there for me you know don't you and, and probably they will say not solve my problems or whatsoever so highlight that there is this potential that you saw because I, I don't think anyone went into a relationship with someone who was like oh I'm depressed right now or whatever and then that's why uh, I'm, I'm here to rescue you it's only later right you have seen that this person has some potential try to bring that potential out of them again so it's like um that's for like someone who wants for the long haul like you're very invested in the relationship mm-hmm. but then um, 
I think also just to cover the other perspective again, like, it's just to play devil's advocate, if someone, like, doesn't want to do that because, like, they are honestly drained and they really, really feel like their mental health needs to take priority so they want to just be single for a while and work on themselves again Mm -hmm. and they cannot, like, be their partner's support anymore, Mm -hmm. then it's, like, that also a fair situation because, like, it's quite normal also, right, for an individual to want to prioritise themselves sometimes mm-hmm. when they feel like they are declining and they're not at their best anymore. Right, right, of course, of course. Then, uh, you know, the decision that you make, of, of course, it has to come from a healthy decision, right? If it's, well, I'm going to leave the religion because I think that, you know, the relationship is not helping me, it's just going to cause you unhappiness, it's going to cause me unhappiness, and so I think it's better for us to, to part. Right, I think that's fine as well. Right, I'm not saying that you should not uh, end the relationship. Sometimes ending the relationship would be better. There are cases which I see that you end the relationship. Right, there'll be this like sharp pain that you experience right now. But if you don't end the relationship, you will find yourself being in this like long term dull pain. Uh, so kind of like choosing which pain is it that you want la. Yeah, actually, there's a a thing that we always get. Like even when we had like the telonyms last time, like we will get things like you know like my partner isn't doing this but I can't leave and then it's like you can see that this person's mental health is being affected by the relationship but they don't want to leave and they're asking us for advice and we're like what what do we say like you know Mm. so it's such a difficult situation to be in and it's not easy to give advice to someone like that yeah so then um what what about in situations where like, for example, if your partner is going through mental health issues mm-hmm. and they are depending on you, right. but yet they also say that you are the cause. Mm-hmm. So then, it's a bit of like a, what do I do now? Because if I go, there's no one for her to rely on. Mm-hmm. If I stay, I'm I'm supposedly the person that is, you know, causing her, his or her issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... The question to ask yourself in this situation, right? What is what is your role here, right? I, I is my role to save this person? Is my role to, uh, you know, perhaps continue supporting her, right? If let's say my role is continuing to support her, and and perhaps there is validity in her saying that I'm the cause of it. Maybe there's something that I can do to change, uh, you know, to to deal with the situation. If let's say she says and, and she just like easily blaming it on you and so on, uh, but then she don't take ownership of uh, the recovery then it may mean that you know what I have to take this painful decision and then leave because eventually she or he will have to overcome that uh, mental illness themselves right you can do whatever you can to support but again your role will be very limited yeah it's very common actually for like someone to blame their partner because like they like don't it's a subconscious thing maybe but like they just keep blaming their partner because they don't want to blame themselves or they don't know right. what's the cause and they just assume maybe maybe give, maybe give me an example right of someone blaming their partner maybe like when a couple fights for example mm-hmm. and then uh, because of the fight uh, the girl or the guy goes into into this state where where they just feel okay trigger warning like suicidal mm-hmm. then you know, at the same time, your partner's the only one who can bring you out of it. But yet, also your partner's the one that caused it. Mm-hmm. Like that toxic fight that you all yeah. had caused that that feeling of that trigger warning, suicidal feeling. Mm-hmm. But then, 
also like you know when you have a fight with your partner okay so let's say like you said just now the partner would be like using vulgarities at you yeah, yeah, and say that you know like you're you know, then like know. that person in a situation just keeps blaming their partner for everything but mm-hmm. doesn't blame themselves right so you blame your partner because your partner used vulgarities started this fight and doing all this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think that that's I guess that's fair right but the thing here is one of the point out uh, as I said in the previous episode right emotions uh, are, are, are normal right mental health issues depression anxiety or anger right these are exaggerations of emotions and it's fine for you to experience sadness it's fine for you to experience anxiety it's fine for you to experience anger but then they are often labeled as negative emotions why are they like labeled as negative emotions they are not neg- labeled as negative ne- emotions because they are bad for you right if your boyfriend scolded you and scold you vulgarities you don't feel sad I'll be more worried for you compared to if you feel sad but why is it negative the, ne- is the negativity is because of your potential reaction to this sadness when you feel sad there's a chance that you will just go into your hole and then not do anything feel unmotivated if you're angry it's negative because you may um, you know end up like shouting throwing things at that person right further aggravating uh, aggravating the re- the relationship or the situation so it's negative because of the uh, response so I would say that yes your partner triggered your emotions valid right he caused you to be sad but then how you respond that's your responsibility already yeah okay yeah, I understand that so like that blaming thing is also fair but it's like a double-edged sword because like your reaction also matters like you're not it's either you're aiding the situation or you're making it worse understand yeah that's right okay so like um, maybe like continuing on that right like, let's say you have had a, a very bad fight and you don't you want to turn to your friends and family for support right Um, how do you do that without like because like sometimes you're scared that your friends and family will end up hating your partner mm-hmm. because like they think that your partner is abusive like uncaring mm-hmm. hurtful mm-hmm. so how do you like seek that support without like I don't know like not like you can control how your friends and family react but like right so so with with your social circle how you how you people normally see social circle will be like just like the people around them but these social circles right will have these uh, layers right you have like one inner close social circle people that you can trust people that you can be safe with and it may not mean these are your family members it could mean like some friends right it could mean family members it's, it depends from individual to individual then outside that circle there will probably be friends that you're close to but you cannot discuss like very deep stuff then maybe there'll be friends out of that circle where maybe you meet for dinners but now you don't really update that much then you have people outside there who are probably on your social media but you don't meet them right so you have to choose which aspects or which social circle these people are before you share with them and and you may have family members saying no but i'm your mom you should tell me right but well, mom, are you inside the inner circle or not? Are you in the, what well, I, I call it like the, the circle of trust, right? If this person is not inside that circle, they are not able to provide you with your emotional needs to understand you. Then perhaps these are not the best people. So you also will have to choose who do you share it to, right? not just tell it to anyone. And and one more thing that I'll say, even even for myself, when when someone comes to me for therapy and then they are, they are, and, and their partner knows it, 
you know, chances are their partner will ask like, oh, so how was therapy session just now? And my clients will sometimes say, well, you know, I know my husband or my wife will ask me and I'm not sure how do I tell them what we discussed because it's really painful or, you know, I'm just not comfortable sharing with them about this part of myself. I say, you know what, just be honest, right? But you don't have to, f- to tell the full truth. You can still water it down, right? You water it down first, you know, and you feel that, well, if this watered down version, that person is kind of okay with it, then you can peel the inner layer. That inner layer is still okay, then you can go that inner layer. So you don't have to just immediately like bear yourself and like, look, this is the struggles that I'm going through. I think because um, the reason that a lot of people don't want to share with even people who are in their inner circle, right, is because they are afraid of not themselves being judged, but because they are afraid that other that, that their friends will judge uh, their partner mm-hmm. and kind of will in their head like even if they don't say it out in their head think uh, yeah maybe he's not good for her or uh, I don't think that they should be together and and unconsciously sometimes they impose these thoughts on you without even knowing it right right what what I want to say right these people if they see a moment if, if you share to your friends like about a moment of weakness or about let's say your boyfriend lah right and if all this while they have heard good stuff about him right chances are they will say well you know i guess this one you know this situation blah 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 right and then after that you share good stuff about your partner again right they will see a more complete picture of your boyfriend but if you just keep on every time you go to your, your friends and say oh my boyfriend did this my boyfriend your your, your friends will be able to gather right evidence of like well there is some part of him which is good some part of him which is bad so if all this while you are sharing positive stuff about your boyfriend and then maybe one moment of weakness or something you say that well you have this argument well they will probably be more accepting about your boyfriend if from you know early in the relationship you share that oh my boyfriend lied to me two weeks later you go to your friend my boyfriend lied to me then you these people who don't have that uh, emotional investment in the relationship they will probably start seeing these patterns more than you and that's why they would be concerned about you so I would say that well if you have that kind of concerns because you have been repeating and repeating and repeating sharing your concerns about your partner chances are something is wrong in that pattern there like, yeah, I think I get it because like your friends won't like your friends unless they're really quite immature but like if you have friends who are like the same, same maturity level as you they won't randomly just hate your partner for no reason and yeah. think all these negative thoughts about your partner it's because like probably they've been seeing like a trend and they notice that be, since you went into this relationship you have not been at your best mm-hmm. and you have been declining and exhibiting maybe some very like harmful behaviors towards yourself mm. that they never noticed before. Right. Yeah. So like I don't know, maybe that could be why that your friends. Yeah. I mean, I I believe you all will have partners which your friends either like or dislike, yeah. right? And those that they like will be well because they can see the patterns that your your boyfriend has been doing something right, and then they are like, no, this one, you know, like secretly they can't wait for you to break up, you know, because it's always the same issues. Yeah, yeah, that's quite common. Yeah. But to be very honest, like for me, right, like I obviously like. Like you said, like you will have friends who like you know you don't really like their partners. But like to me, right, I kind of reach this point where I realize what is the point of me telling them because like I realized again, like like we mentioned in the previous episode, it's not nice to tell your friends what to do mm-hmm. and to dictate their lives and 
like kind of invalidate their emotions. Like if they're telling you like they fought with their boyfriend, then the next day they tell you, um, they fix the fight, but then you are still resistant to them, and you're just like, ah, but he's not good for you. You should dump him. Actually, why do you bother? Mm. Then your friend will like disconnect with you even more, mm-hmm. which is something I noticed. Which is why I stopped doing that because like. I realise that like, I don't want to push my friends away and then make them feel like they cannot turn to me. Like, I might not like this person, but I'm not them. I can't control who they stay with and it's up to them to, like, navigate. And the best I can do is just be there for them and maybe offer them advice. Mm-hmm. And we've actually spoke about this in previous episodes where, like, it's also not nice to constantly tell your friend that you hate their partner. <laughs> yeah. Because it changes their perception mm-hmm. of their partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like after a while when you keep hearing the words, like... You know, he's bad for you. He, you know, he's terrible. He sucks. You're eventually going to start thinking that too. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta be fair to your partner as well. Uh, in, in the, the reports and how you uh, want your friends to perceive uh, your mm. partner. But uh, so I, w- what I wanted to ask was, when does it become making excuses for them? Because I've, I've had conversations with friends where I'll be like, you know, this person's kind of like doing this, making me like, you know like sad and all that kind of stuff and then I'm like but on the other hand you know these are all the good sides Mm -hmm. and my my perspective is that I'm trying to give them a rounded picture but to the to the outside perspective it's I'm making excuses for them because I'm saying all these negative things but I'm trying to cover it up with little nice things that they do once in a while right right so so if if in in these situations right if, if you find yourself being trapped in, in this cycle of like giving excuses and all that, what I would say is, well, look at it in a very realistic manner. And this thingy about, well, you know, yes, he's, for example, like, he's, he's abusive, he's angry, but then sometimes he buys presents for me. But then he did a, look, this is you kind of uh, self-soothing yourself through fantasy. You are kind of trying to paint the best picture of that person to kind of make yourself feel better. It's, it's really f- more fantasy instead of reality, right? You are clinging on to that fantasy. And, and that's partly why uh, some people do not leave their relationship. They say that, you know, but what we had last time was really good. What we had was this one. You know, this was special. I can, you know, if we go to this place, I will have this memory. Yeah, that was great for sure. Those were things in the past. But, and, and you know, now, is this possible? Can this person still deliver that fantasy that you had of, this pers- of him in the past? Actually, I have a question about, like, fear. Because, hmm? like, you know, like, sometimes when you're in that toxic relationship, right, and, like, you notice that you're not at your best anymore and you're feeling sad about your relationship all the time, but, like, that you have this fear of, like, leaving that relationship because maybe, let's say, it's a 10-year relationship, right? You are each other's best friends. You have that comfort level hmm. and, like, you are so close hmm. to the point where, like, you can't imagine your life without this person. Right. So, like, obviously, there'll be fear for you to make that change in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how can you, like, combat that fear? Because, like, a lot of people struggle and stay in something that's unhealthy for them because they're too scared to try to right, leave. Right, right, right. So, I think here, yes, f- the thing about fear and comfort, so this thing about fear and comfort zone, right? The, the bigger your fear and the bigger and, and the more you stay in this, this comfort zone, right, the less likely you are going to go out there, right? So the bigger the comfort zone, the less likely you are going to try to do something different. I mean, I don't know whether I'm supposed to do this, but uh, what you said, right, reminds me of, because I'm a huge Avengers fan, my content does a lot of Avengers stuff. So if you watch WandaVision, that's that, right? You have been, well, I don't want to do any spoilers, but there was a character that (laughs) was 
comfortable and really like to be in this relationship with this other person, right? But because of the the loss and the, that character can't uh, reconcile with that loss, alright? So this character just clings on to this, uh, re- this well, again, fantasy, right? So that's why you have eight episodes of WandaVision, right? So if this character came and see me, WandaVision will just be two episodes, guys. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's so funny, okay. Yes, it, it, it's, it's f- uh, being in that uh, safe zone, right? But how does this safe zone, again, in the long run, how does that, you know, impact you negatively, right? You will just continue feeling this, maybe uh, slight surges or like from time to time feel happy, but it won't be a genuine, true kind of happiness that you will have for yourself. Right, it's the cause that you have for staying in this kind of comfort zone of not leaving the relationship, for example. Yeah, I think it's because like we haven't done an episode on breakups yet. I think we should like proper. Love like, how like our thing is about relationships yeah. and stuff, and we haven't yeah. spoken about breakups yet. Yeah, no, like because I I think it's because like that that pain. Like if you have been through a breakup once, right, then you already know how it's gonna feel like, right? Mm. So you're like too scared of that pain. You don't even want to experience it. Because you, first of all, you don't know how long you're going to heal. Like, it takes to heal, right? Like, every relationship is different. Yeah. Then it's like, you kind of just want to, like, if you could just skip, then it'll be much easier to leave a relationship. You could mm-hmm. just skip and then just be happy again. And then no one wants to go through that discomfort, that right. pain mm-hmm. of, like, breaking out of someone. Especially if you know it's your choice. Then you know, like, oh, ah, shit, I'm making myself sad because I left this relationship. Actually, it was fine. But she was not fine. But now I feel even worse. And where am I not going to feel bad anymore? Yeah. But but even staying in that relationship is that pain. Yeah. Right? So again, it's choosing the pain. Which pain? Which pain do you want? Like a short-term pain where you can then start moving forward. I mean, of course, if it's really healthy for you to break up. Or this long-term dull pain where sometimes you have these flashes of uh, fantasy of happiness but then overall you're just kind of like affecting your own mental health mm. so either way there's both pain choose your pain so it's like what's worth it lah yes correct moving back to like the let's say you choose not to break up you are like in a relationship right so like how can you guys like try to meet each other's emotional needs without it being like you are overly depending on each other or like overcompensating or undercompensating mm-hmm. like, how do you find that balance well I think every couple they have to figure out what their goals or their vision is like right for, for their relationship so there are there are some relationships where the couple are you know they, they want to like oh we need to spend time together we need to like support each other you know through like difficult times then there are some couples who are like well you know what I want to be more independent, right? You can do your thing, then once in a while we can meet and whatever, right? So it really depends on whether you both share the same vision or not, right? If let's say one says that, no, we need to like spend a lot of time together and one says, no lah, it's okay, right? No one. Then there will be this friction. There will, you will start having this, uh, I call it like the pursuer withdrawal kind of pattern. One will just pursue like chase, chase, chase. Then one will just withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. So if you have a good uh, vision, a common one, then uh, it's easier for you to, uh, you know, find that path for yourself. So I think before you get into the relationship, checking out, right? Whether are you in the same vision and from from time to time, uh, you know, check whether you are still on that same path. But what if you're not on the same path? Like, like <laughs> drag the other person. I guess you just uh, <laughs> run, la, run, la. 
No, so, so if you're not on the same path, right? It is... Well, you know, you know the thing is, the, both of you can be on your own individual path. But that own individual path will still require you that, that you know, still within the, the vision of the relationship, right? I mean, you both don't need to have, like, the same career. You know, one can stay home and one can work, for example. But then as long as, well, you know, what we want is, let's say, a family where, you know, we have meals together or I want to be in a relationship where if I need something from you then or I need like say you to speak to me you are there for me right so it's you can be of course you still need to be your own individual but whether that can work within the realms of the relationship how about like are you familiar with like love languages because yeah. sometimes we get um scenarios where like you know your love language kind of clashes with your partners mm-hmm. because like let's say his first is physical touch your last is physical touch and there's the disconnect there because like you guys have trouble understanding each other's love languages which is kind of linked to how you want to be loved in a relationship but like it's linked to how your emotional needs are fulfilled mm-hmm. so like if there's that disconnect with the love language then how can that be like well, I think with, with love languages, right, it's not about your own love languages, right? I mean, yes, it's about me, it's, it's about you trying to meet your other, your, your partner's love language, right? So maybe I like physical touch, right? But my partner's love language is, say, acts of service, right? And I do physical touch, right? You be, huh? What is this, right? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you like, uh, expensive bags right but what i do is maybe i i I make uh you know stuff for you right i create stuff and you'll be like no not really so so do you want to actually put in that effort to invest so that uh you know that 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 person go with what you want right but actually it's more of like how do i meet my partner's emotional needs as well so it's not about just meeting your own needs. You also want to meet your partner's needs as well. So it's also important for you to understand what your partner's uh, love language is. If not, whatever effort that you put, right, it's just going to go down the drain. La. So it's like a give and take. La. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, okay. So like, um, um, we want to talk about the last point about how to deal with all these situations, right? Like, obviously, besides the most common advice sometimes people give is just to break up, right? or sweep it under the rug and move on, like just forget about it and move on. You hear those two very commonly. What are some other ways that a couple can like deal with these tough situations, deal with these mental health issues mm-hmm. and like overcome it together? Right. So first thing is check whether the both of you want to overcome this together, right? Firstly, you must have that same, again, yeah, common vision. Yeah, must be vision, on the same page. Right? If one say, no lah, you know, I'm too busy for this, <laughs> then, okay lah, then it's not going to be possible, right? Yeah. So you need to be on that same common uh, ground as well. And then, uh, figure out, right, how, what is it that your partner, again, like just like that love language, what is it that your partner need from you? Is it attention? Is it more tender loving care? Is it more physical touch? Is it uh, spending time together? What is it? Alright, so it's not about being selfish. It's about putting, I, I wouldn't even say putting your partner if, be ahead of you, but it's putting that relationship ahead of yourself, right? Because you are in this relationship, the relationship is a bigger whole, right? That you are trying to work on, you know? So, I mean, I, 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 there's this uh, statement which I shared, like, you know, two halves make a whole, but in a relationship, if you have two halves, right? You just f- be trying to suck of one another's yeah, yeah, yeah. emotional yeah. needs, right? So you need to kind of figure out a way that 
that that two holes can combine like in a very dynamic manner. You can have two holes, right? But even you are on not on the same path, it doesn't work as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's again that individual aspect, and then as well as the relationship aspect of things. It's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like for like those couples that notice that their relationship is the cause of their problems and their mental health issues, right? Then um. This is like just a random question lah, but like, would relationship therapy work better for them or like individual therapy where they each go on their own mm-hmm. and then they talk about their problems separately and then they like come back together and work it out? I, I would say relationship will work better for them, right? Uh, but and and when you do like relationship work, the the plus point is that I, what I like about doing relationship is that you have the perspective of your partner, right? Sometimes I have like just individual and then coming for relationship stuff and say that. Oh, you know, my wife does this or my girlfriend does this, and I feel so upset by it. And then the, you know, and if the, and I wonder, right? If let's say the partner is there, what would this person be thinking, right? No, like this is unfair. You know, you're just accusing me of that. So you have two perspectives. And sometimes, if it's just individual stuff, your therap the the therapist will will say that you know what I want to have like one individual session with you and work on just this specific thing, right? Uh, so the good thing about relationship therapy is. The therapists have a whole uh, perspective, the full perspective of your communication and the interaction patterns, and it gives uh, the partner an opportunity to express themselves as well, and for you to understand how your behavior uh, affects the other person also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see in a movie sometimes they say like the activity, like the I feel activity, then they will say I feel this, then the person will say I feel this, or they will like put yourself in your partner's shoes and like. Pretend you're them, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how accurate that is, lah. Cause it's just a movie, but it's interesting, lah. Cause you don't really hear people talking about like their relationship. But you know what? Okay, you know, okay, on movies, right? There's this one. There's this one movie. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Is is about this couple, right? Who were married for very long, and they ended up just going their separate ways. I can't remember what it's called. It's a damn nice movie. Okay, no, I think because there was a point in our relationship, right, where me and Seb were fighting quite often. And then there was this scene in the fight. I mean, the fight. There was this scene in the movie, and it was a fight. And it made both of us cry. And then it, we just kind of realised, like, why, why are we fighting? Like, like we don't want to be like that. You know, we don't want our relationship to end up breaking down because of stupid things, because we cannot communicate properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 just to add on to that, right? That, so that's where that, like I said, right? These emotions that you have, the negative emotions, the anger, and so on. Yes, it's very normal to have these emotions, but then it's very common, right? Because of the negative responses to these emotions, people find themselves fighting, fighting, fighting. They just escalate, 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 right? Then when they get back to like this reasonable, logical self, like. What do we start fighting about? Uh? Yeah. And then don't. And that's what I mean again, right? What do you start fighting about? Is And the reason why things continue to escalate is because of the unhealthy responses to these negative emotions. So, I have a question. So, like, in, you know, like, when couples come for therapy and stuff, what do you do in a situation where, like, one partner kind of takes over the entire therapy session to basically, like, use it to bash the other, in a sense? Because it's like... Oh. You know, like, when, you know, they don't feel like they have a safe place, but then when they go into therapy because they're supposed to share their feelings, Mm quote-unquote share their feelings, they use that as an excuse just to basically, like, kind of shit on their partner. Okay, okay. So, because at home, they can't do that. Yeah. 
Right. So what I I, I can say is that um in 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 couple therapy, right? Whatever occurs in the room, the interaction between both partners, right, is is an extension of what things would be like at home. Right, so if you are upset at home and then you just keep quiet and so on, and then you come here, you just like boo, 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 boo. and then your partner will go like, "How come you never say that to me before?" And I'll go like, "Okay, why didn't you you say that? And how come you can say that here?" Right, and 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 because there's there's something about this therapy process, so it's all about process again, right? Oh, because uh, you know I can't voice out right here. You allow me to to do that, but that usually doesn't happen. Uh, in fact, what happens? I say, uh, you find quite a bit of consistency. At home, as well as uh, in the re- uh, in in the therapy room. So, for example, I again, fictional, fifty percent fictional. You won't if you someone familiar here. This is not someone you know, right? Let's say a couple comes to me, and then uh, the, the 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 wife says, right? Okay, I don't want no, I don't understand. Why don't you just want to admit that you made this mistake? Let's say it's an infidelity case. Why don't you want to admit that uh, your your you you made a mistake, right? You cheated on me, and it's very hurtful for me, right? You just have you no, know, and I want you to make up for it. Blah 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 blah. And this is happening in the therapy room, right? And I'll go like, well, you know, I I wonder, right? Again, just just use the name Sarah, Sarah. I wonder at home, right? You know, I see you doing this here, like re- demanding for your husband to be apologetic, to admit that his mistake. Does this happen at home as well? And you can see the husband like nodding, like the right. She will go on and on and on about the cheating, about me cheating on her, even though it has happened like months ago, right? So usually, what happens in the therapy room is really an extension of what occurs, and there, there are even uh uh. Partners who after that after the therapy session right call me and then say that in high I'm not happy with that therapy session. I'm like why, you know, uh, because my you know you didn't tell my for example, uh, you know you didn't tell my partner that what he or she did was wrong. Then I'm like okay, you paid me X amount of money, you paid me a lot of money, and the reason you want me to uh, the reason for that is for me to tell them that they are wrong. Then say yeah you must tell them they are wrong and I'm like. You mean your partner don't know that they are wrong to cheat on you? And you'll be silent. You're like, yeah, they know. So what's this about you insisting on your partner admitting that you're wrong? What's this about you like shooting on the fact that they did something wrong, right? And how is that affecting your relationship? So again, we are looking at that processes, that dynamics, which is uh, affecting them, right? Because if you constantly get blamed, Kena uh, guilt trip. Of course, after a while, you would detach. You would move away from that situation. Mm. Okay. Um. So I guess that's all we have for this episode. Again, we'll link down all the places that you can go to for help. Maybe some places that offer relationship counseling also. And then uh, also like um, if you guys have any more questions, because again, it's just an hour episode. We cannot cover everything. Mm. Sorry. Then you can just drop us a DM at. Seriously official We'll try our best To like Help Thank you Haikal For coming on okay. um, We'll link his um, uh, We'll link Impossible Psychological services In the bio so And um, We hope you guys Learn something From this episode That like Just cause Relationships Have Tough periods Doesn't mean They need to end And like There's ways To deal with it Again And Ways that you can Help yourself Help your partner And everything And um Yeah, so we'll see you guys in two weeks' time and have a good week. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.